Looking for the best gifts for everyone on your list? Kendra Scott has just what you need. Find jewelry for every style and an affordable price. From diamonds and genuine stones to the season's best trends, Kendra Scott Jewelry is a gift that's sure to wow. You might even find a few things for yourself. Shop now at KendraScott.com and enjoy 15% off your order with code JOY15. Tis the season to give joy. Hey guys, Adam here. Thanks for tuning in to episode 219 of the Startup Diary podcast. Now, as you probably noticed, like energies on the shows have been extremely high. We're super passionate here to get you guys to take action. But there is a risk if you guys don't see both sides of the coin that you think it's all about go, go, go. And the truth of the matter is, is I'm trying to build a business with 10 people strong right now. But I have highs and I definitely have lows as I'm building this thing. And it's not as if I planned all this journey out on this perfect roadmap and have executed perfectly on it. I've made it up as I went along. And I recently had an interview with a wonderful woman called Catherine Alonzo, who runs a podcast called How to Change the World. Catherine was over from the States, came up to the office. And to be honest, after I listened back to the show, I was so surprised at how open I was. And it's a credit to Catherine to how comfortable she made me feel and the questions that she took me down. And I wanted to share this on this podcast so you guys can see that there are two sides to me when it comes to business. There is the very open, vulnerable, emotional side, and there is the, I'm going to rip your fucking face off and deliver and execute on my plans. They go hand in hand. You can't just be all on all the time, and you need to take that time to reflect. And I hope that when you listen to this episode, you take half an hour, an hour, sit back and work out what is your actual motivation for getting up in the morning and doing the things that you do. And what's the root cause of that motivation? Because that's what Catherine really dug into for me. And after I listened to this show, I actually started to make some notes on my own interview. And that actually helps guide some of the decisions that I'm making moving forward. Enjoy the show, guys. Let's get into my interview with Catherine Alonzo for her podcast, How to Change the World. Adam Callow, welcome to How to Change the World. Absolute pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this too. So if you think about a moment of life, a moment in your life, a pivotal moment where something happened that everything afterwards was different than everything that came before it. It might have been an event or it might just be something you heard or something you saw that changed your perspective and or changed the trajectory of your life. What is the first thing that comes to mind? It's going to be that cliche. Uh, firstly, just so you know, for anyone listening to this podcast, uh, you get no preparation on these questions. I had no idea this was being thrown at me. Um, that's, that's where we get the best answers. Good. The, f- the first thing that just came to mind was having my first kid. Uh, as cliche as it is, just having a kid. Um, and then the second one that came in was my dad having cancer and what that did to my family. So um, yeah, those those are the two that came into my head. But I'd say first and foremost, that the biggest life-changing thing for me was probably the kids. And what was that like? Um, it was... It was a point in my time when I realized it wasn't all about me because I'm super ambitious. I want to do I want to do some big things. I want to have a big impact in the world. Uh, and up until that point in time, I wanted to do it because of my ego. Um, and then when I realized that I'm actually, I've got a family and I wanted to move from, I want to be successful because when I look at myself in the mirror, I want to be proud of who I am. And then it moved very quickly to, I want to be who my kids are proud of. Like and that was a, and it just, it genuinely happened. I remember the photo, actually. There's a photo of me in the hospital after we just had our first kid. And I'm leaning over uh, in these, like, 
an hour old. And I remember just thinking, holy shit, everything, everything's different. Nothing will ever be the same again. Um, and I think it was just uh, the point when I realized that it's not all about me as egocentric as that sounds. And I don't want to come across sounding, uh, I, won't, I won't curse on the, the podcast. But I don't curse want to, away. I don't want to come, come across sound like a dick in the first 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's honestly what happened. And do you have, when you say you have this idea of the person you want to be for your kids, how do you define that? Uh, how do I define? Um, well, internally, I I, uh, I just want to be their hero. I want to be the thing that regardless of what happens to them in their life, I'm the point of contact that they always come to. Um, yeah, I've never really w- worked out how I would define what they would class as successful because there's a risk that I impose my own thoughts of success like with how I perceive the success of my own dad is one thing. And I don't really want my kids to think of it in the same way that I did. Um, and that's actually changed actually since I've had kids in terms of actually wondering or working out my dad is actually super successful in a different way that I'd never even seen before until I had kids. I just, I just want, I don't know. I just want to be there. I'd want to be there for them. And I just want to, I want them to feel comfortable that dad's there uh, and when they go out and i pick them up in the car they're proud and run up and say that's my dad i don't it's that softer stuff that i never thought i'd ever sort of spout out loud but that's sort of where i am kids will do that to you yeah it's weird so when you say that your dad was successful in a whole different way than you saw what do you mean by that so my dad's uh my dad was always an entrepreneur um like a, a we started off as like a wheeler dealer um he was sort of the, the guy that uh was always able to make a few quid but then he got into a transport business so i was raised in a family where uh, the madness of running your own business was just standard my mum ran the business with my dad day to day and i watched them grow the company um to i don't know uh, 10 12 employees out on the road 20 trucks out on the road uh, for where we were they would they were doing okay uh, we weren't a wealthy family but they put food on the table every single month and growing up i always respected my dad as a successful businessman um and then when i had kids i actually realized that he was able to juggle being a businessman being out driving stupid hours day in day out um, I remember like pressing myself up against the window at four o'clock in the morning crying saying daddy uh, because he'd be out on the road and I wouldn't see him for two three days at a time and I just at that point I thought he's a great businessman and then now I'm a dad myself I realized he was able to do that and still make me feel like I was everything um, and that's just a whole different level of respect that I got from after I had my own kids and I probably only started to realize that in the last two years so I got two kids I got one that's four and one that's two next week uh, at the point of recordness um I know probably in the last two years I've started to understand just how hard that is. Um, so yeah, that's. So I would say uh, I respect my dad for the business, but a hundred times more do I respect him for being able to be a dad at the same time. It's crazy how we have these experiences in life that completely change how we saw something that was fairly well established in our life. That the whole entire way that you see your dad changed when you had children and are raising children. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, uh, it's actually given me and my dad a different type of relationship as well um, because I think there's a degree of me wanting to be a successful entrepreneur because I saw my dad start his own business and that was in the house. It was if you want to be successful uh, and you have the ambition, you can do it on your own. You don't need to work for the man. Uh, so I know from a very young age I was exposed to that and that's what sort of founded or sort of shaped my entrepreneurial uh, like desire to run my own business. Um, and that, that gave me and my dad a very transact, not transactional relationship, but it was very, um, here's what I'm working on and 
I'm, you should be proud of me, dad, because of X, because I've now got five people in the company or I've just done my first 100K deal, whatever the number is. That's the thing that I spoke to my dad about. And now none of that takes place. Like uh, last weekend, I went to the park with my dad and we just kicked the ball around with my, with my two kids. Uh, and we didn't even talk about business. And that's just that level of, I now, when I'm spending time with my dad, I know that he has a, a love for me as a son that I didn't really appreciate before. And for him to see me with my own kids, he just we just have a much deeper relationship now because I appreciate that, I think. That's really, really cool. Do you have, this word success has come up a couple of times, do you have a personal definition of success? Oh, that's tough. That's a big one. Um, it's not a fixed point in time. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I did, like, uh, I had a really stupid one, to be honest. Uh, about two, three years ago when I started the business, I wanted to be mortgage-free by the time that I'm 30. And I don't know why. It's irrelevant. But that was something that I wanted to work towards, um, which is just, now I think about it, I just think it's dumb. Uh, but that I had a milestone in place. Uh, and now where I am in the business and we've grown, we've grown the team a little bit, it's more of a, am I making the impact that I want to make? So it's, it's, it's a moving milestone now. It's not a fixed point in time, um, which is harder in one respect because I can never hit it. Like I'm never, I will never wake up and say I'm successful. I will just wake up and say I'm making the impact that I want to make. So I don't, I don't actually think there's a, a, a point in time where I'll think I've made it or I'm successful. Yeah. Unless success is defined by simply being in pursuit of creating the biggest impact you can, because then you're successful all day, every day. Yeah, love that. <laughs> love, love that. And and just actually, as, as as you were talking, I realized there'll be one thing that happened. The first day that my kid says he's proud of me, I think that'll be a milestone for me. Just saying it out loud now, just thinking about where I'm at. Uh, as soon as he, and not just in a, in, a, in a stupid kid sort of way, because they just haven't got a clue what's going on. When, when they're of an age and they understand what daddy does uh, and, what, and the impact that he's making, I think that'll be a milestone for me. Like that's what I'm emotionally probably working towards right now. So where were you in the business when your first son was born? Oh, uh, I was, when my first son was born, it was just me. Um, I was consulting, my first son was born when I was about a year into the business. So I was consulting 14 days a month to fund the business and then working the other 16 days. And I actually told my wife that I was leaving my job, uh, not wife at the time, my, my girlfriend at the time, that I was leaving my job when we were three months pregnant. Uh, and she says, well, you've got six months to make it work. Uh, so I was, uh, yeah, doing long hours, doing consulting um, with no zero stability into what I was doing. Uh, but weirdly, I was enjoying it a thousand times more than being in my day job. Yeah. And how did that impact? Because it sounds like you must have had a lot going on when you had a newborn. <laughs> so how did that, how has, how has growing a business and growing a family at the same time impacted either thing? So this is a really shitty answer um, because I felt like I wasn't present for the first year to two years because I was just building the business because I, I made excuses in my own head that I don't need to be at the house all the time doing the daddy things because it's a newborn. They're not going to remember. They're not going to know. So I made excuses to myself about um, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing this because I want to build a business. Uh, but looking back, I have a lot of regret about that. Not because I wasn't there, but because my motives at that point in time were still about me. Um, I thought I was doing it for them, but I, I then 
my actions didn't marry up with what I was actually internally thinking. Um, so for the first year, I wasn't really, uh, I was I was still getting up at four or five in the morning. Uh, I was delivering roof windows for 12 months. I was literally a van driver for 12 months and then I came back home in the evening and then I'd build the business. Um, so uh, like for the first year, I wasn't that present. I wasn't building two. I've just got a fantastic partner that just let me get on with what I needed to do and never held it against me. Uh, and then when when Riley got to a point of age where he understood I wasn't there, she just sat me down and said, listen, he, he's, he understands you're not here now. Um, so that was when I had to sort of sit back and think, am I going to carry on with this business? If I do, I need help. So then I sort of went on a different path in terms of helping me grow the business to something bigger than just myself. So I could actually try and claw back some time and spend it with the family. So what is your business? So uh, we do we do two core things. So we have a community for trades professionals where our core focus is helping these guys think of themselves as a business owner first and a trades professional second. Um, and the way we do that is provide them the services they need to run a professional and profitable business. So we've got a great community of trades and these guys are very skilled craftsmen. They're great at fixing radiators, putting boilers on walls and doing landscape driveways. But I don't mind them hearing this podcast. They are terrible at business because that's not what they're trained to do. Mm-hmm. I've got a really, uh, I've got a really, I've got a big love for business and actually building businesses. Um, just that entrepreneurial part of me wants to help these guys. So my brother, uh, five and a half, six years ago, failed as a trade professional because he didn't know how to run a business. He was just very good with his hands. And for a number of different reasons, he couldn't make it work. So I wanted to fix that for my brother and then realized I actually really enjoyed helping him. And then I helped his friends and then it turned into the business we're in today. So 20% of what we do as a business revenue-wise comes from our community. And the other 80% comes from helping uh, brands uh, that sell building products. So people that sell bricks and boilers, we help them sell more products through brand advocacy and video uh, marketing, basically. Very cool. Very, very cool. Is that always, did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur and start your own business? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I was, I was doing car boot sales with my dad as a, at a very young age and, uh, like I didn't enjoy school. I just didn't. Um, and to the point where like my dad would come in and, uh, he'd literally come in at, at school at the middle of the day when I was at Penang way, uh, like at 10 30 in the morning. And he'd say, I'm really sorry, uh, Mrs. Farnborough, but uh, it's a bit of a family emergency. I need to take Adam out of school. And I'd, I'd come out like, dad, what's the matter? He's like, Oh, we're getting a new dog. And like, <laughs> put me in, like, so my dad had no real respect for the schooling system. Right. Uh, or he'd just take me and say, I'm just going up to Scotland for two days. Um, uh, and mum's actually treated us to a hotel. So I don't actually have to sleep in the cab. So I thought I'd take you with me. So he'd just take me out of school. Um, but because of that and watching my dad build the business, I've just always loved it. I've loved the idea of uh, being a master of your own destiny. So if you want to be successful in this world, um, you can go and make it happen yourself. And that, for me, that's what entrepreneurship is. Uh, having said that, it's not for everyone. I understand that. There's there's people that are meant to be number ones. And there's some people that are meant to be number two, three, and four in a company. And there's no right or wrong to it. And it's having that, what we spoke about earlier, actually, it's having that um, off the podcast, but it's having that self-awareness of understanding who you are and then playing to that. I just know that I'm unemployable, especially now. Like, God help anyone that I have to get a job with in the future. Um, I would just cause them a nightmare. I think about that about myself as well, that I'm completely unemployable. So this has to work. This is plan A. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's plan A and nothing else. Plan A and all of the way, yep. Plan A and only A. Uh, So what what are the biggest things you've learned since running your own business? About yourself or about how to run a business? Everything's harder than it looks. Uh, There's this thing about entrepreneurship right now, and I... 
I probably kind of got in early on that wave when it was all, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was doing car boot sales as a kid with my dad and it's just in my blood, but entrepreneurship right now is cool. Um, I think there's this, there's a buzz around it. And I just think the, the biggest thing that I've learned is uh, one, self-awareness for myself. And then two, you can't build a business on your own. You just can't. And it's having the ability to delegate, which is something that I still struggle with today. The company's five and a bit years old. The business we're really in today is probably about two and a half years old. Uh, but the biggest thing that I've learned is learning to delegate and the quality of your team is the thing that decides your success. It's not you as a founder. It's You cannot drive it forward on your own, regardless of how good you are or how good you think you are. Uh, if you if you don't build a good team around you, you're never going to win. Um, and I didn't understand that to start with. I didn't understand that I thought if I hire someone and I and I and they fall short, I can pick up the slack. But as the company grows, you just can't keep doing that. Um, and then just I don't know for for me for me personally, outside of sort of culture and team and processes, which which apparently are the process police, which I, which uh, we're speaking about off the podcast that I need to dig into um, and, and improve myself on that. Uh, for me emotionally, it's because I knew it's something that I wanted to do. My degree of happiness, even when I'm as stressed as I, like literally today, I had a chat with a couple of the team. I am the most stressed I've been today in a year just with what's happening behind the scenes in the business. But I would still rather be doing this than any other day I've had in a previous job. Like literally where we are in a business right now, I'm just, uh, it's good. Surface level good, client stuff, revenue, behind the scenes, politics and all that crap that you have to deal with as a, as a business owner that's raised some venture capital. Um, there's just stuff that isn't aligned in the background that is super stressful for me right now um, that I try not expose the team to, but I just said, listen, bear with me guys, I'm just stressed. But I would much rather be doing this than the most successful day I had as, as a sales manager in my previous job. And I think if, if that's the case and you're just being true to yourself, yeah, you can't, I have bad days, but my bad days are still better than my best days in my previous role. So it's just understanding and appreciating what I'm doing. That is such an important point. Sometimes I get really in my own head about my own stress and, and you're completely saying um, to the choir because I completely understand what you're talking about in terms of just how hard it is. And sometimes um, one of my like gut checks and reminding myself how lucky I am to do what I do is thinking of what 10 years ago Catherine would think of this. <laughs> and 10 years ago, Catherine would be killing for these problems. And so that can be a really nice reminder. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that 10 years ago, me, I wanted to run my own business. Yeah. I, I actually, like going back a little bit, I joined the army uh, seven, six and a bit years ago. But not because I wanted to fight for queen and country. If By the way, if any of your listeners uh, do serve, thank you for your service. Uh, but for me, it was not for that reason. It's because I wanted to find a way to make money to build my own business. Oh, I see. So I think where, where I'm at now is where I wanted to be 10 years ago. I think I, I wouldn't be doing anything anything different. And I think I have... I have problems now that aren't really problems. Like you said, like I would be dying to be in a problem with, do I hire this guy or like, is that the right client for me? Like there's, it's having that perspective that we tried to, we spoke about earlier. It's that it's, it's hard to find. Um, but I haven't worked out. Like I like your idea of, in terms of how you sort of gut check yourself. I don't do that. And I, and I need to work out a way to do it because I get in my own head and then that spirals for me. 
personally. It, it lasts way longer than it should do. Another trick that I use, which I got is not mine, I got this from a, some podcast or another, is instead of thinking of all the things I have to do, like, oh, I have to, I have to reply to that email, and then I have to meet with that client, and then I have to sit down with my team member, I say the same things, but I start the sentence with I get to. So <laughs> I get to reply to emails because I have a job that I love and pays me well and I get to meet with a client because someone will pay me to do work for them and I get to work with a teammate member because somebody will put everything on the line to work for my growing business and it once you get through the whole list it really really helps and it stops me from feeling like some kind of martyr and instead actually gets me kind of excited to do the things I have to do yeah, I I got I stole that. That was not an original, but um, I use it all the time. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I start doing my list of I get to do this, and then I'm like, <laughs> as if, if, I, if, I, if I'm too. But far I'd rather gone. not, and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. Kills, sometimes kills you just need ice cream and nothing else. <laughs> um, so uh, completely lost my train of questioning now. Um, the oh, the army. So what was that? experience like how long were you there and what was your moment when you realized no this isn't for me yeah the, the only reason that I really brought it up in terms of it was a means to an end for me to just make some money so I literally looked at where I was in, in my life and it said seems like quite a big sacrifice to make to make money no uh yes and no I'm fascinated by that y- yes and no uh it was an interesting point in my life um I wasn't really going to get into this side of it but I will do uh my parents were just going through a divorce or had done 12, 24 months previously. So things at home weren't great and I just wanted a reason to get away. Um, and then I was going to move away to work, but then I realized that, that the, the best thing for me to get away is to join the forces and the highest paying job in the forces was military intelligence that I could apply to. So I applied to that with a single singular goal of doing it for four years, squirreling away every penny that I could um, and then using that money when I came out of the army to start my own business. So I did that and I did uh, what's called phase one training. So you do four and a half months of phase one. I did it down at Purbright. And then after that, you sign the dotted line and commit for four years. Um, and I remember sitting <laughs> I remember sitting on a toilet seat in tears four months in because I realized this wasn't for me. Wow. But I was too stubborn to actually uh, to come home because I didn't want to be perceived as a failure to family, friends. I had a going away party. You, uh, I'm referencing a guy that's in the room at the moment, <laughs> checking the levels on the podcast. Uh, but, he, but he was here uh, at my going away party and I just thought, I've just got to dig in and do this for four years so I don't look like a failure. And I actually called up, not a stranger, but a friend of a friend's dad wow. who was in the forces. And I was like, I asked for his number and I said, the reason I'm asking you is because I just want an unbiased opinion. I said, I'm surrounded by guys that are so self-aware. They are there, they want a roof over the head if they get fed by the army, they're there for life. They're there for what I would class the right reasons. Uh, I'm there thinking, uh, yeah, it's really great, guys, but I just want some cash. Um, I just want to have some cash and start my own business. And that was the first point in my life that I actually learned some degree of self-awareness. And from then, I was able to sort of check myself a little bit and make better decisions. Um, so it was a combination of we wanted to find some funds to start a business and kind of get away from everything. And what role has self-awareness played in the rest of your journey and your career? Oh, that's a bloody big question. Uh, I don't want to just put a blank answer to it, but it's the only reason that we are uh, what I would class as reasonably successful in what we do today. Um, Because if I wasn't 
if I didn't understand what my strengths are, uh, and my strengths aren't uh, doing Photoshop, they're not design, they're not development, but I'd used to do everything. Being a, a solopreneur, being you learn everything, you wear every every hat you have to. And I think just being aware of one, my personal strengths, and then over time, understanding what my actual true motivations are, not my surface level motivations, I want to be mortgage free by the time I'm 30, but understanding what my actual motivations in life are. I think if you're not self-aware, you make very bad decisions that that you're trying to use for short-term gain. And I think the one thing that's kept us in business, when opportunities come knocking all the time, but if you're not self-aware and you don't really understand what your core mission or belief is, you will make wrong decisions. And that's the stuff that puts people out of business really fast or it burns bridges really fast. And in my business and your business, relationships is everything. Um, so I think it's it's been the only reason that we're here today. And I can't, I can't exaggerate that enough. Uh, that's the that's the thing that keeps us grounded as a company, and that's the thing that will help us help us grow and move forward. Well, it sounds like you have this true calling to be an entrepreneur and grow your own business. And when you've wandered away from that, it hasn't worked out well. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have this really strong internal compass that you've just tapped into in such an incredible way. Uh, firstly, thank you. Uh, and I think when you have the opportunity to sit down and reflect and talk about it, it, it just it it all comes into into sort of alignment and it the story makes sense. But at the point in time, like none of it is now I understand what I'm doing a little bit more, but at the point in time none of it was driven by this this plan. It was all just I just want to make after the army again that's when the self-awareness kicked in after the army i just want to try and make the right decision just one day at a time i didn't have a, a glorious plan around how i'd grow the company to where it is or where i want to take it it was just one day at a time trying to make the right decisions but i think uh yeah, again it just comes back to that self-awareness thing and that's it's actually the only time i've sort of pinpointed where that started for me on uh i was just talking it's sort of everything sort of kicked in uh with my, I actually shaved my head for the army and then grew my hair back, and now this is—I've got a shaved head mainly down to stress now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I vividly remember um, just sitting on the toilet and just in tears, uh, just thinking. And this was two days, three days before I went to sign the dotted line, and then just scrambling and just trying to speak to people and just trying to get some level of uh, uh, just just some guidance more than anything. And I think at that point in time, everything just started. And I came home and this whole fear of letting people down i didn't let anyone down because the people that i actually gave a shit about didn't care whatever you want to do adam just do what's right for you and i explained and i was uh i think the best thing that i did i was vulnerable i was vulnerable about it i didn't uh, i didn't try and make excuses i didn't try and say oh uh, i couldn't get the role that i wanted to in the army or uh, it wasn't the right fit because of xyz i was just like it just wasn't for me i was there for the wrong reasons and it just wasn't for me and i think as soon as you own that you you're just honest with people uh then the people that care about you will understand and the people that give you any grief for it you shouldn't care about anyway i mean i think that is profound and i think it actually sounds like not only was it that they that it wasn't a bad thing but it was actually a really core ingredient to you doing what you do now and a pivotal moment in itself maybe that moment when you were sitting on the toilet crying and Sometime. So last week I interviewed a BBC journalist who has cerebral palsy. And one of the things he said, which really just stuck with me so much, was that he was saying that he 
is learn he's learning all the time how to do things and as he was growing up he was learning how to do things and things that are you know that you and i don't have to even think about mm-hmm. like how to go to the toilet on his own and how to get dressed and how to do buttons up and he was saying that he has to fail at something 99 times before he succeeds it succeeds at it that hundredth time but that each failure is just as important as the success because without each failure the success wouldn't have happened and i just thought that was incredible and he's got that appreciation for it yeah and he was he's like 23 and i really made me look back at my failures differently to think would i still call it a failure sure absolutely but it was a brick on which the eventual success or the eventual goal was built Mm -hmm. So it sounds like your time in the army was one of those bricks, maybe. I wouldn't. Uh, I think the thing, the thing that I sit back and say, "What would I change?" and I wouldn't change anything because I absolutely love where I am today. And I think uh, if you have that thought about where you are today in life, uh, then nothing has been a failure. Like you said, it's just been a building block and a learning curve. And I think as long as you have actually learned something from it, just press on. Don't let it dwell. Just move on. So, what's the vision for your company? <laughs> this is a really big question. It's something that that for me, I haven't succinctly, I haven't been able to put it in as succinct as I would like it. For me, I want to just impact as many lives as I can through the work that we do. So we we care deeply as a company about the audience that we, we serve. I've actually, it's that whole cliche of like when you're an entrepreneur, you think you don't have a boss. We've got a community of 17,000 people. I have 17,000 bosses because we serve these guys day in, day out. I think the industry that we're in is very broken. Uh, I don't like some of the things that take place in it. And I also think that some of the people that are in it are the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. We are, we have the most amazing people that take part in what we do. And if I can just impact them a little bit more every day, I'm happy. There is no end goal. There is no milestone. There is no, uh, there is no exit plan for me right now, um, which really annoys my board, by the way, because uh, we raise some venture capital. Like that doesn't go down well. Um, but the, the big vision for me is to become a staple name when it comes to finding a trade professional um, and being the place that tradespeople go to build that profitable business. So when you wake up in the morning as a trade, you just log into our app and we've got everything there for you because you know, like, and trust us. And we, we've, we only care about you. Our clients, like if any of our clients ever listen to this, you are you are way down the ladder in terms of who we really care about. We look after our community first because that is the reason our clients work with us because we've got that relationship. Uh, for me, I want every single trade in the country opening up the Expert Trades app and then being able to use it to then find the time to do the things they really care about because they work hard during the day. They then get back in the evening and do their paperwork. They then miss their VAT return and then they get themselves into trouble and they end up going out of business, very similar to what my brother did. And if I can just stop people like my brother going out of business, who is possibly one of the hardest person, one of the hardest working people I've ever met. I don't want to say that because he's my brother because he's a pain in the ass, um, but he works harder than anyone I know and he still couldn't make it work. So if we can just add the business smarts to these guys, I just think one, they'll be happier. And we can we can genuinely impact some people. Well, it brings us full circle because it reminds me very much of your answer to the question, how do you define success? Which is it's not a thing as much as it is a way of being and a, an impact and a making a difference and doing that day in, day out and being in pursuit of that day in, day out. I've never actually put the two and two together. Uh, you're quite good at this. <laughs> uh, I've only just Thanks. learned today a little bit more about what you do in your day job, but you're actually really good at this. <laughs> it feels like more of a 30-minute therapy session. Too. <laughs> Hopefully you don't build me for it at the end of it. 
Well, it reinforces the point that we were saying. I, I forget. We've been talking for so long in different mediums now. I forget what, what was said when. But at some point we said that people, we don't know ourselves very well. And we're not very self-aware. And I am learning more and more that there's all this stuff that exists within us as people and as organizations. And it it influences how we see the world and what we do in the world, but we're not necessarily aware. We don't know that one impacts the other. And so I'm fascinated, fascinated by that, not only personally, but helping other people put those together too. Because I think if you understand the why, it helps you be far more intentional about what you do with your life. I think it helps stop, um, it's, it stops distractions look like opportunities Mm. and we get as an entrepreneur you get them all day every single day everything looks like an opportunity and unless you know your real core reason why you exist uh you'll just say yes to them all so true and that's uh yeah that's that's something that i would like to get clearer on um but i think as long as my head's in the right place in terms of my, my my gut feeling and i make the right decisions based on my gut right now i know i'm i know i'm making the right reason the right decisions um but i would like to be able to explain it why to the team more than anything because uh, i'm not always going to be in the room to make the decision and the thing that we lack as a company right now is uh, making the team feel empowered to make the decisions for the company so i need to get better at communicating what why we exist so these guys can then communicate it and then run the business um because we want to grow and if we don't if we don't do that it's just it's just the adam callow show which is uh which is an interesting show up until a point (laughs) and then it gets really boring (laughs) well once you figure out how to do that let me know because i think that it is that's absolutely that's exactly what you need to do to grow and it's a really really hard thing really really hard when you first started growing the business and you went out for venture capital what did that look like like how did you even know who to talk to to say hey give me some money yeah really good question um so just before the vc funding that we did we understood that as a business we need to build some technology and it's stuff that i can't build i'm just not smart enough or that's not my skill set um so we sort of worked out we it's probably gonna cost us 60 70k to build it so we went to raise a small round from um angels uh and that was done through uh it's actually our accountants and trying to get money out of accountants is like impossible uh <laughs> but uh we managed to just get them on board with the mission and they understood that if this thing works it'll it'll go um so we did that and about a year and a bit later we started to get some traction and then we sort of took a step back and i'm i wasn't a fan of raising money because it's just dilution uh everything got very formal and i was aware that it would get formal um, because VCs put money in, they want to return out. Uh, so we've got board meetings and all that good stuff. Um, but in terms of where I actually went and found them, I just went to my personal network, actually. So uh, I, I built a relationship with a, with a chap called Simon um, who used to run a accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the things, I, don't, I presume they're over in, in the US in, this, yeah. in the same way. So as I wanted to learn more around business so i wanted to sort of sharpen my tool set a little bit um he ran an accelerator program which was a week down at google campus and it's sort of like a crash course in terms of as you try and grow this SaaS company what you need to know um and then the idea of that is you take that course and then go and apply to his program but i'd already sort of passed the milestones that i needed to do to it was for more early stage companies but i said can i come and do the course i just want to learn a little bit i built some relationships there so when i decided to go and raise some money i just asked simon what the what the best way was uh, and he said well one vc is the way after he looked at the business model uh, and then he made a list of like five or ten companies in the birmingham area uh, to go on to go on pitch to so i put a pitch deck together um, and then sent it out 
um, cold email basically, sent it out and then called up to make sure they received it and uh, one of them got back to us. It was actually a, quite a delay actually. So I sent it out and then realized how like <laughs> how much of a distraction trying to raise money is. And I got to, I got sort of three, four weeks in, which is such a short period of time when I look back on it, but I thought, no, this is distracting me from my day-to-day business. Like my bottom line is being impacted. So I just forgot about it. I said, listen, we'll, we'll raise the money later on. We'll build the tech ourselves and we'll just do it in-house and we'll work it out. And then a couple of months after that, one of the VCs got back to me and was like, are you guys still raising money? I was like, kind of. It's not it's not on the to-do list, but we, we have a good reason and if we raise, we know what we do with it. So then we, we went and just executed that way. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, sometimes I think we, because I, if you're anything like me, I watch other entrepreneurs and I listen to podcasts and I read everything I can and I'm so inspired by other people, sometimes in an envious kind of a way. <laughs> and I always assume that they have like this master plan. <laughs> And the more you learn and the more you talk to people, you recognize that actually everybody's just making it up as they go along. Every single day. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. Uh, it, it it definitely makes me feel better, actually. Yeah. Because I was in the same thing. I haven't listened to the radio in like seven years. So when I was in my old job, I just listened to podcasts. And that's... Uh, like, podcasts are what helped me get out of my old job. So I've got just a lot of love for podcasts in general. Um, but just hearing the success stories and everything just sounds so perfect. Like a lot of the podcasts you listen to, it sounded like it was perfectly planned from day one and I did A, B and C and I mapped it out. But then when you hear, I think one of my things is, is when you're, when you've got like a celebrity entrepreneur on is a lot of the times they want to paint it in that way because they're either, they've either got the self, they've got other interests. They're either raising again, they want to come across dead smart. But I think when you really dig into it and you hear about people that have grown the businesses, a million, 25 million, 50 million, and you actually get under the hood and they're being honest, they're just, it's made, like I said, every day is made up. Um, and that, that is genuinely comforting for me yeah. uh, because it makes me feel less like an imposter. So when I come into the office and literally I've been sat at my desk like, and just looked at my screen and gone, holy shit, like what do I need to do today? Yeah. Uh, like what is the right thing to do today? And I think knowing that other people are in that same boat is generally comforting. Yeah, I feel that way all the time, all the time. Um. Well, I've got to say, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I, one of the things that Havelina preaches all the time is that as a person, as an organization, as a business, whatever, you have to know what your true compass is, what your North Star is, and let that guide what you say externally and then what your internal culture is. And it sounds like you are living that every single day and your success is just a testament to it. So it's been such a pleasure to talk to you about this. Before I let you go, I have one last question. Of course. If you could see one change in the world, what would it be? How how big are we thinking here? As big as your mind goes. <sighs> okay, this this is such like you definitely need to prepare people for this for this sort of <laughs> for this sort of question. If I could see one change in the world. Are we talking like emotionally, like business wise? Anything. I, I, if I, you I, could change one thing in a while, it could be really really big it could be tiny it could if you if there's just one thing you could change that you think would have a huge impact or or an important impact this is going to sound like an a get out of jail free card here but i genuinely mean it if i could just give everyone a dose of self-awareness or perspective i would because that's the the thing that changed my life like just having some degree of self-awareness and you don't need to go all out you don't need to go um, try and find yourself in a retreat like if you can just 
have some degree of self-awareness and take a step back and reflect on what you do and why you do it it will just it just impacts every part of your life it impacts the business decisions you make it impacts how you treat your wife um my, my wife went away for four days recently she celebrated her 30th birthday and i looked after my kids for the first time for four days on my own like super dad stepped up um i felt like super dad at the point in time but it it again just helped me just get some more awareness and appreciation for my wife and it's those little things in life that if you don't take a step back and really consider everything just passes you by um so if i could change one thing it would be uh, i would create a drink and i would uh, i would sell it because i think I'm a, I'm a commercial guy i want to make a profit but i would give i'm joking uh, but I would, I would give everyone a dose of self-awareness great answer adam thank you so much thank you very much guys i hope you enjoyed that podcast that we recorded with Catherine alonzo of how to change the world The key thing, again, the reason I wanted to drop this on the show is just take 10 minutes, take half an hour, take a day if you need it, but honestly take the time to reflect what is your actual motivations, not this surface level stuff, this hoorah, let's just, let's go crush it every day because entrepreneurship's cool. Really work out you and just do that every single day. Just stay true to what you want to do in this world. Honestly, guys, it's so hard to have that level of self-awareness. And if you listen to this podcast, you probably see guys like Gary Vee preaching about self-awareness. I'm a big believer and I drink that medicine every day. Guys, take some time, look at yourself, be honest, because that should and will hugely impact the decisions you make moving forward. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or you want to leave us a review, head over to iTunes, go and do that. I want to know why you listen to this episode of the podcast, why you listen to this show. And if you have a question for me, Harry, or anyone in our network that we can help connect you with, email into harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. Enjoy an upcoming episode of the show where energy levels are probably going to be picking back up because we have a sales machine on the podcast coming next week. Speak to you soon, guys. Thank you.